your returns on real estate are anywhere from 20% with syndications and turnkey rentals going all the way up to 200% ROI year one when you invest in short-term rentals and tap into tax credits. Now, what happens as far as risk is concerned with real estate, or you have all these high returns, what happens when there's market volatility in real estate? And you're living off of real estate, you're living off of the rent, or the cash flow that the property generates. Right. Typically in periods of um, recession, they plateau. They may have a little teeny tiny bit of dip and then they go straight back up. Welcome to Generational Wealth MD's podcast on financial freedom through investing in real estate. My name is Param Baladandapani. I'm a mom, radiologist, real estate investor, and mentor to others looking to start or scale their real estate portfolios. Thank you for being here today. The goal of this podcast is to provide you with inspiration, strategies, and insight so that you can stop trading your time for money and live life on your terms. If you love the episode, don't forget to subscribe and leave a review. So, Today, I wanted to spend some time talking about risk, right? Uh, because every time, often when I talk to um, individuals about investing in syndications or investing in real estate per se, and I talk about 10xing returns, which is actually very easy to do. So 10xing your returns compared to what you would traditionally do in the stock market uh, or investing in your 401. Um, Sometimes you hear it, sometimes it's just a thought in the back of your head. People who are used to that stock market world often think 10x returns means 10x risk, right? And that's completely understandable because I think when you are investing in the stock market, that does hold true, um, you know, because uh, I, when you are getting higher returns, often there's more speculation involved and it's, it's more risky. Um, I did invest in, um, I did do option trading during the pandemic in the first year in 2020. I, I think a lot of us did that. You know, you're, uh, you were working, a lot of us were working from home and you had the option to try out, try it out. And I did. And, you know, there's definitely more speculative. And so it's definitely more risk, right? So, and you do get higher returns. You potentially could, but it, it's more speculative and there's higher risk. So I completely understand where people come from when they say index and chill, and that's the best policy. And that does hold true for the stock market. And now I am a hybrid investor. I still do have my uh, my retirement accounts and uh, I've invested uh, in brokerage accounts prior to really accelerating my growth in real estate. And, you know, I do tend to follow the index and chill policy as far as my stock portfolio is concerned, because that often makes the most sense, right, for most of us. But what I want to talk about is how in the real estate world, higher returns often means less risk, right? So, that's true when you compare the stock market and real estate, higher returns with lesser risk, but also within real estate, there's this spectrum and higher returns often means less risk and more control and often gives you the ability to get higher tax savings and therefore 10xing your uh, journey to financial freedom, right? I want to break it out into those two components and start off by talking about overall stock market versus real estate. So I'll start off by talking about what risk looks like when you're investing in the stock market, right? So when you're in that stock bond world, right? Um, I, want, I want to talk about sequence of return risk. What is sequence of return risk? If you're, aggress if you're invested aggressively in stocks, as you should be in the initial years of your investment when you're further away from retirement, right? Um, you potentially have a 90-10 split between stocks and bonds, and uh, that's okay. But as you get closer to, the re to retirement, you often want to shift that allocation and um, it's 
typically traditionally recommended that you go to a 50-50 split or a if you want to still be a little aggressive or if you're retiring or earlier, then it needs to be a 70-30 split, which means 70% of your investments are still in stocks and 30% need to be in bonds. And what the bonds do is that they uh, lower your risk, right? So uh, bonds lower your risk, which means that when your portfolio is adjusted, then even if you were to retire, you're protecting yourself from market volatility by holding your assets primarily in stocks. And, and therefore your drawdown strategy has to be centered around changing that allocation. And what that does is that it also lowers your overall returns, it gets it closer to maybe um, anywhere from six to 7%, and then you factor in inflation. That's how you get to that 4% safe withdrawal rate, right? So for those of us who are primarily invested in the stock bond world, you need to shift to protect yourself from market volatility, right? Because just investing in stocks is risky. And that's where that 4% safe withdrawal rate happens. You can only withdraw 4% from your stock bond portfolio in any given year in retirement to be able to have it last, um, you know, 30 to 50 years. And if, you know, if you, in the sequence of return risk, what that says is that even if you were to follow that drawdown strategy, typically, if you retire and you have an immediate um, bear market right after that, then withdrawing from your portfolio will mean that uh, you run the risk of your nest egg shrinking by 10 years. And so it will last you uh, 10 years less than you had anticipated, right? That's the sequence of return risk. It's okay if you, uh, after right after you retire, if you go and you start withdrawing from that portfolio, if you go into a bull market, that's okay, you'll do fine. But if you go into a bear market, then you you run that sequence of return risk. Now that's with the stock market, right? Um, and which is why the bonds come into place and that's why you have that allocation that you need to have and you have, need to have a drawdown strategy. Now, with real estate, returns are naturally significantly higher. And why is that? It's because while you could have seven to 10% in cash flow, which kind of matches your returns in the stock market, you also um, have debt pay down. I talk about this a lot, tax strategies. Um, you have inflation happening, so your asset is increasing in value, your rents are increasing. And then you have fixed debt typically, especially with smaller assets. And so your real estate is also an inflation hedge, which means that as inflation happens, your you know, your debt is getting smaller and smaller, essentially. And so your returns are increasing, but also because you're using leverage, right? In real estate, you're able to use leverage. And what that does is that even if your property increases in value by 3% annually, your return, because you only put 25% down, or, you know, if for just, for, just to give an example, if you put 25% down, your your uh, your return on investment is, um, is significantly higher than that 3%. You multiply it by four, so that's a 12% return on investment. So for example, and for example if you put $25,000 down uh, on a $100,000 property and that property increases by just 3000 the next year um that's a 3% ROI but if you because your initial investment is $25,000 that $3000 is actually a 12% ROI for you right um and so that that's what it boils down to so you because of all of this your returns are significantly higher and I talk about this a lot so if you've been in the ecosystem you know your returns in real estate are anywhere from 20% with syndications and turnkey rentals going all the way up to 200% ROI year one when you invest in short-term rentals and tap into tax strategies, right? Now, what happens as far as risk is concerned with real estate? You have all these high returns. What happens when there's market volatility in real estate? And even if you can have ups and downs with the with home prices, right? With, uh, with the real estate values, what happens is that what we need to look at is rents, which is essentially 
when you're withdrawing from a stock portfolio, you're withdrawing from that portfolio. When you're living off of real estate, you're living off of the rent, the cash flow that the property generates. And if you look at that, the cash flow, what happens with rents is that typically in periods of um, recession, they plateau. They may have a little teeny tiny bit of dip and then they go straight back up, right? And it doesn't last as long as the actual drop in property prices um, last. So because of that, you're, you're significantly lowering your risk when you invest in real estate, right? And this holds true as long as you have a longer term strategy. As long as you have planned a five-year hold, you should be okay. Now, this doesn't hold true if your strategy is to flip something in a year, in six months or a year, then this is, you know, then there, there's risk in that. But as long as you have a longer, uh, you know, at least a five-year hold strategy, then you're fine. You're, you're getting those higher returns with significantly lower risk, right? And that's what I wanted to highlight. Now... The next question is going to be, hey, Param, what about all these strategies you talk about with a 200% ROI, with the Burr strategy where you're doing rehabs with short-term rentals, and isn't that riskier to get those higher returns when you're taking on debt, right? For a lot of people, debt um, debt scares people, or some people, right? And and le using leverage. And so um, so that's the Dave Ramsey camp, right? So debt, debt is risky. And so what about those things? When you're using all of that to boost your returns, are you increasing risk? And I want you to think about this differently, okay? And so I want you to realize that when you are using rehabs, right? When you're using the short-term rental strategy, I want you to remember that in those circumstances, you remember those multiple ways that you make returns in real estate? When you're using those strategies, market prices is one thing that fluctuates, right? That's the one thing that you have no control over. But when you're using those advanced tax strategies with short-term rentals, right, or you're using rehabs and you're bumping up, forcing appreciation of the property rapidly and increasing rents rapidly, then there are more things that you can control and that than what you can't control, which is market prices. And therefore you're reducing your risk. So you're essentially creating a market cycle agnostic portfolio by having value add, which is in your control, and by tapping into tax strategies with short-term rentals, right? So I want you to look at it as, you know, I want you to reframe how you look at that. When there are more things that you can control, then you don't have to worry about the one thing that you can't control. And that's where education comes in, right? So it is true that those strategies are riskier, but when you have run your numbers right, when you're data-driven, when you've picked the right property based on numbers, uh, based on uh, other factors, when you pick the right market, when you've looked into market demographics, then your strategy will work, right? And so it was... Hey there. If you're thinking that the only path to retirement is working harder, saving more, and investing in the stock market till you hit 65, I invite you to the 10X Your Financial Freedom Through Real Estate Experience. This free virtual coaching event from March 16th to the 23rd is going to be a game changer. And yes, I know that you can do it even in the current market with interest rates the way they are and even through a recession. Because market price is just one part of the equation in real estate and I'm going to show you a time-tested proven strategy where you can tap into other ways to boost your real estate portfolio returns that you have absolute control over that will get you to financial freedom in a fraction of the time. So if you're ready to take back control of your time and income, if you're struggling with getting your first long-term or short-term rental and want to do it right, if you're ready to go from a handful of rentals to 10xing your portfolio, I'm going to be going over my proven framework that I used to get to financial freedom at 41 
Plus, we will be figuring out your SMART goals and action plan, taking into account your risk appetite, goals, and resources. And we'll be figuring out the small next step and timeframes that you need to set to actually help you move the needle so you can accelerate financial freedom while paying less in taxes and creating a recession resilient portfolio. I want you to go ahead and register for the event at generationalwealthmd.com slash event. And I will see you soon. Right. And so it boils down to education, right? When you educate yourself, you lower your risk significantly. And this is a very simple way of doing it. The three day live event, guys, if you haven't signed up for the three day live event, this is exactly what I'm going to be covering. I'm going to be covering a lot of how do you invest in the current market? How do you mitigate risk in the current market how do you do you risk your overall portfolio right so this is going to hold true for people in different stages um and so we're going to go over how do you run your numbers right how do you pick the right market um how do you look at debt and how do you make sure your debt is good debt so again that's generationalwealthmd.com slash event uh please go ahead and and um sign up it's three days of uh live coaching um with loads of high value content and this is what we're going to talk about but the other thing is debt Right. When you look at debt, um, there's good debt and there's bad debt. And as long as you know uh, how to stress test your deals, as long as you know to factor in changes in occupancy, as long as you have adequate cash reserves and as long as especially in the commercial lending space, you have sufficient equity in your property, which is something we have been doing a lot. As long as all of those things are in place, then then you are able to, again, mitigate risk and tap into those higher returns while you're lowering risk, okay? Um, and so uh, I want you to rethink how you define risk, right? Um, I know a lot of people, these are uncertain times. People, Some people hold on to cash and that makes you feel secure. But as you hold on to cash in a high inflationary environment, you, your purchasing power is actually decreasing significantly, right? So when we were in that 9%, 10%, um, inflation environment, holding on to cash and making that sit in a, in a bank account where interest rates were super, you know, where you're, you were getting very low interest on it meant that you were losing around 10% of your purchasing power every year that you were doing that. Okay. And that may seem safe, but, uh, it's actually riskier to do that from the perspective of how do I get to financial freedom or how do I get to the point where my nest egg is sufficiently grown? Right. And same thing with the stock market. It may feel like it's less risky just because real estate seems vague and hazy. But like I said, when you start investing in real estate and you really know what you're doing, then you can get those higher returns with lower risk. And I encourage you to change your definition of risk. That's what I want. That's what I want you to do. Right. I think to me, not being free within the next five years or doing the same thing, doing what you've done and finding yourself in the, with the same lack of autonomy or in the same um, in, the, in the same scenario where you're experiencing burnout, doing that for 20 years to me is riskier than educating yourself and really taking charge and controlling the things that you can control where the one thing that you can't control really doesn't affect your portfolio, right? Um, and like Warren Buffett says, risk comes from not knowing what you are doing. We're going to be talking a lot about uh, risk mitigation and building a recession resilient, a market cycle agnostic portfolio in the three day live event. So I want to see all of you there again, that's generationalwealthmd.com slash event. Okay.
I hope you've been inspired by this episode and are ready to take action. Your feedback means the world to me. If you found value in what you heard, I would greatly appreciate it if you could take a moment to rate the podcast, leave a review, and follow the podcast. And if you really like the episode, share it with a friend. Your ratings, reviews, follows, and shares not only motivate me, but they also help others discover the show and join the community. So please share your thoughts. Let me know what you liked and even what you'd like to hear more of in the future. I can't wait to hear from you. Stay tuned for more exciting episodes. And until next time, take care.